The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, All 7 Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's Senior Bowl invite season, the time of the year when Jim Nagy is a social media star. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the next defensive coordinator at USC. And with me, as always, is AJ. Connor Stallion's vacuum business is legitimate. Marchese. Nothing else to say there, buddy. Today, we're talking to all the NFL draft prospects who hummed, drummed, and scummed during week 10 of college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Rocky the Rocket, the University of Toledo's mascot who was created in 1966 by the Spirits and Traditions Committee, an appendage of student government with various students being chosen to dress up as the mascot for different games. In the fall of 1968, Rocky was taken under the wing of Dan Seaman, director of student activities at the time, and the first official Rocky the Rocket. Pretty cool, AJ. Do you ever think about how Rocky the Rocket existed before, like, we used rockets to get to the moon? Think about that. Toledo being playing the Glass Bulls, like the, the Glass Bulls top tier underrated. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's the best and program in the country. More on that in a bit when I uh, talk some Toledo football. Um, but first of all, before we get into it, the NFL informs clubs that underclassmen will now be eligible for college all-star games. It's going to break your mind. I know that for sure. I think the, the, the question on everyone's mind is, will Nagy rename the Senior Bowl? Yes. The Stars and Stripes Bowl, 100%. That's so good. Team Stars, Team Stripes. That's sick. That's sick. That's a, if I know anything about Jim Yagi, it'll be about patri, pa, patriotism? Patriotism. Or the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know. <laughs> um, are you going to rattle off any takes about this, or are we just moving on? Um, I'm interested to see how that delays the process because you have to like oh so many senior bowl acceptances happen before yeah. the declaration deadline. I feel like they have to expand the rosters. No, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll see. I think overall, it's obviously it's going to strengthen the the shrine, the HBCU legacy, and in the senior bowl. It's going to be interesting to see how it affects the smaller bowls. Especially given like the NFL is clearly trying to get rid of those ones, 
but also theoretically if they don't expand the rosters of the shrine senior and hbcu then they'll have a better pool of players to pick from so we'll see it's all very kind of out of nowhere it is i mean cool cool it's a good thing it's a good thing it's just very out of nowhere yeah i mean well except everyone after it happens like yeah we've been hearing about this news for months once you tell anyone then yeah okay (laughs) yeah it's interesting um I think we both figure the amount of like high end junior prospects actually showing up is, or I, I should say actually practicing is is going to be pretty low. Um, but really interesting for the you know the for the NFL staffs I guess first really uh, close up look and conversations with the guys. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, it's good overall. Um. I'm I'm interested with this quarterback class specifically mm-hmm. because it's so deep and it already looked like the senior bowl would have to take eight seniors, how this will be affected now. Like a guy like Quinn Ewers could use the senior bowl. Yeah, for sure. I think we need so, more more all star games, not less. I think that, that, that losing the NFL at PA Bowl feels really weird now. Yeah. Anyway. Let's get into it. College football week ten superlative, starting with the best freshman. AJ, where are you taking us? I uh, I'm gonna go with with one of my favorite young running backs I've been watching this year. He's a redshirt freshman, but that's uh, Oklahoma's Gavin Sawchuck. Who I feel like just a lot of fun every time we get to watch the Sooners play. Had that uh, had that touchdown at 111 yards. Uh, obviously, Bedlam went the wrong way. Congrats, Alan Bowman. But every time Sawchuck, uh, every time we watch the game, Sawchuck's fun. He's not that big, but he looks like he's built better than he's listed at and. It's got some got some juice to him. It looked like the Oklahoma State defense just wasn't like trying to tackle him. I don't know if that's true or he's just that fast, baby. <laughs> but you know, a lot of running back talent on that field uh, on Saturday. We, I'm sure we'll mention the other backs in a bit. But yeah, no, I like I like Sacha. A couple times we've seen at Oklahoma this year. I'm going to the other side of the river for rivalry and uh, freshman running back at Texas, true freshman C.J. Baxter. Who uh, against Kansas State? Yeah, they they ran this little pitch play to him on a fourth and one. He he broke one tackle and took it to the house. Yeah, hasn't had a ton of time. I, I think there was expectations. He was a big recruit, so the expectations he would potentially be the number one back by the season's end. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, More, because uh, yeah, Brooks has been awesome. Yeah, because Jonathan Brooks has just been so good, but. It just goes to show, like, Texas is going to just continue to churn out NFL mm-hmm. running backs. Mm-hmm. RBU, Rob? Are you, is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I would give that that title um, to the University of Toledo. Thank Amen. You very much. Amen. Uh, who's your, that's it for me. I only put down Baxter. I have more sophomores. Yeah, I didn't have that many freshmen. I'll give you one more. It's just going to go to a homework pick. Michigan receiver uh, Samaj Morgan, he, he had an impressive play this week, but I thought more so just overall this season. Uh, he had a carry for 44 yards and a touchdown, kind of untouched on a little end-around jet sweepy. couple catches for two, um, two catches for 27 yards. Nice punt return. Just dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, you probably seen earlier in the season where he had that touchdown where he just, like, bounced off four or five tacklers. Uh, interesting guy. You know, Michigan young Michigan receivers don't usually work out too quickly, or if they do, they leave. Um, but no, interesting dude, and it's just really dynamic with the ball in his hands. It will be fun, uh, fun to see where he transfers when Michigan gets the gets the death penalty. Going to the best sophomore now. Um, I'm gonna start in the MAC because it's action season. Buffalo safety, who's actually played a game since 
this game I'm going to talk about because <laughs> I'm actions every night, basically. Uh, Devin Grant, Buffalo safety, who had against Toledo, had a 46-yard pick, had two fumble recoveries. Uh, did every, That defense did everything they could to keep yeah. the Bills back in this game. Uh, they uh, could not. But Grant, like Marcus Fuqua two years ago, or mm-hmm. I guess last year, was a turnover machine. It's been Devin Grant this year. Like, Maurice Linguist, like, Buffalo is not what they were under Lance Leipold, but he is coaching up that secondary really well, which is obviously his roots are in the secondary. And, yeah. and Devin Grant's, like, on pace to be, um, like, a borderline All-American safety. I'm going to I'm gonna stick in the secondary. Um, stick it in the heartland, too, Rob. Uh, going across the Great Lakes, couple couple of corners. Um, we've talked about him a bit this year, but Benjamin Morrison, the Notre Dame corner, I think like week in week out, he's pretty damn impressive. Obviously, they lost to Clemson this week, but made like a handful of plays on the ball. Uh, TFL, just a really well built corner. I think he's gonna be one of the top top going into next year. And uh, I think he might have been the top in his class last year, but Michigan's Will Johnson. He's had a really strong year. Had a had a, a big interception, or that no, wasn't big. The game was a blowout, but a really really nice interception this week. He's been really really strong this year, and um, gonna be fun to see like the, you know him against uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. come to, come down the stretch here. And uh, what three weeks? Three weeks, Rob. Uh, jumping back to the offensive side of the ball, the the weekly Luther Bird made a sick play. Mm-hmm. Um, not his biggest game against Georgia, but the touchdown was awesome. He continues to look like. Potential wide receiver one in 2025. I'm going to go with uh, my last one here. We got our first good look at Ollie Gordon, who, you know, yeah. built up all the uh, all the hype going into the week. Uh, watched a little bit of him before before the game, but no no live Oklahoma State game since, you know, he became uh, the best back in college football. They fed him uh, 33 carries, buck 37, a couple touchdowns. Um, against, you know, a, one of the better Sooner defenses in a while. Um Impressive dude, definitely impressive. I, I don't know if he's going to win the Heisman this year, but no, a f- really fun back. He's kind of built, interesting. You know, he's he's well built, but like, I don't know. I don't know if you like kind of high cut, leggy yeah. kind of runner, but also like really well balanced too. And that's kind of an interesting combination. Uh, runs his ass off, you know, just runs through dudes. Super fun. Um, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see what he can keep doing. Uh, my final one's Georgia edge rusher Jalen Walker, a sack and a half against Missouri. He looks like just another ferocious Georgia uh, front seven player. Who else is new? Going to weekday warrior. I'm actually staying away from the action. Me too. This one. Me too. Okay. I'm going to go with Kamani uh, Vidal, Vidal, the Troy running back, who set Troy's all-time uh, rushing mark That's against Seth Al. Ran for a buck twenty-four and a touchdown. That's a South Alabama defense that doesn't mess around. Troy looks really good this year after uh, a little bit of a stumble earlier mm-hmm. in the year. And Vidal's been like their entire offense. Um, just a a guy who I, we we both kind of liked over the summer. weren't like super banging the table for him, but compact, great contact, balance. It's a real physical runner. Um, got over a thousand yards back to back years. He's a guy who uh, I think I think he's technically a redshirt junior, um, but a guy who could use like uh, the Shrine Bowl potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think good good Shrine Bowl uh, candidate. I'm uh, I'm going to a Power Five conference and going with a uh, Wake Forest's edge rusher Jasheen Davis, who has had a really productive oh, year. Has had a productive year last year. Had a productive year the year before. Just just really productive dude. Um, had a beautiful strip sack 
against the the Blue Devils, where he kind of just you know came off the edge, just kind of had enough bend to him, and like basically just took the ball right out of the quarterback's hands. It was really nice. Like I said, six and a half sacks this year. I think he knocked a ball down. Uh, yeah, good good player. I feel like he's kind of flying under the radar. And like I said, lots of production, and that doesn't hurt Rob. I know that's a good pick. Um, he's a he's a guy who. I could see just dominating the senior bowl. Yeah, pretty pretty well built dude too, like six three two sixty in that kind of mold. The build kind of reminds me of Derek uh, Hall last year. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, good 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 player. Um, going to best prospect. Let's only talk about great players now. Sorry, yeah, well, uh, offense. I didn't have like a clear clear cut. Yeah, it felt it felt very open to me this week too. And so I give it to two different Pac-12 offensive tackles. Oh, that's fun. I like that. It's a good work. Good work, Rob. Finally earning your keep here, buddy. Uh, Troy, Troy Fautanu? How do you say it, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Fautanu. Okay. The Washington. Washington left tackle. Yeah. And then here comes a harder one. Uh, Talise Fuaga, the Oregon State right tackle. Yeah. I think, that's, um, I think you get that good, yeah. Both TFs, by the way. Uh, but Troy F, just that Washington rushing attack, Dylan yeah. Johnson ran for well over 200 yards against yep. USC because that Washington offensive line was just ripping open, gaping holes. I think he had like 180 yards before contact. That's nuts. And Troy F's been dominant in pass protection this year. He, he's a candidate to kick inside at the next mm-hmm. level. He might be guard one in this class when it's all said and done. Um, but, like, he's shown he can hang at left tackle, too, be, despite, like, uh, being a little bit shorter. He has, like, pretty good length despite that. Mm-hmm. And just the, the balance, um, the stopping power, the anchor. And then, yeah, in the run game, he's just mauling, guys. They had a touchdown call back because his helmet popped off and he kept playing and blocked a dude. And you're not allowed to do that. So they had a touchdown call back. So that was just a kick-ass performance. And then... Uh, Talise Fuaga, Oregon State. I, I know it's Colorado, and their defense not very good. But he's a guy who the, the buzz is really exploding yeah. for him this week. And he, he had a great game against Colorado. And, like, he's trending to be a, a top 20 pick potentially. And just a mammoth, mean mauler with, uh, I, I think, very nimble feet for a man of his size. Just this tackle class is going mm-hmm. to be really freaking good. Yeah. It was already really good. And then we're having these, these talented guys – who had maybe a little slightly less buzz than the top-end guys, just, like, ex- taking their game up a notch. It's been, it's yeah. been really fun. No, I feel like we've kind of been spoiled. And, yeah, like you said, uh, Fautenau could be moving inside. But, no, like, we're, we're it's such a great group. I mean, how, how many how many tackles do you, you think we see top 32? Um, see, I, I would say offensive linemen, but I don't think we'll see any other offensive linemen in it. First round, other than well, I guess tackles. like it depends what, what it, Troy F here is he a guard? Yeah, or is he tackle? but like keeping them so in I'll, that I'll, group, I'll say, I'll say college tackles. We, I'm gonna say we approach seven. Yeah, I'm that's believable. It, it's believable, and I, I think I've said this multiple times, but watch NFL every Sunday and they, they need them. They need them. They're the, these the seven guys are gonna start very soon in their NFL careers. Um, I agree with you. I felt like a very open week. Um, your pick is so much better. Uh, my pick is fucking lame. I, I just thought Caleb Williams' performance, just, I don't know. It felt like he was slipping a bit. Obviously, they didn't pull off the the comeback or the win, but not the comeback, but just the win. 
and he cried, <laughs> and then people were reacting on Twitter like weirdos. But I just like I thought it was a hell of a performance for Williams. After like all the um, I don't know, like the naysayers coming out of the woodwork in the last few weeks as USC, you know, is stumbling down the stretch. Uh, to no fault, I mean Williams just had a bit of his struggles, had some hiccups, but to no fault of him this week, where like he, I thought he was just unreal, made some like just jaw dropping plays. Um, just some throws that, you know, that's, it's like, that's why he was, you know, consensus QB one entering this year, for the most part, uh, entering the year this year. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how it, um, not, not so much just the rest of the college football season, but like how it all starts to shape out in, in the off season, how these guys, Caleb Williams and Drake may, you know, going neck to neck, potentially at the senior bowl and throughout the rest of the process. I think it's gonna be super interesting. It's going to be. It's going to be annoying, but as you dig through the annoying takes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, it's going to be fun. I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to have a way better defensive prospect than you two. Go for it. Quinion Mitchell, the Toledo oh, corner. I'll put him for small school guy. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, and he's playing right now against Eastern Michigan, keeping it up. Uh, but he was awesome against yeah. Buffalo. Every time, like, Buffalo's passing attacks not very good. I oh, seen, really? <laughs> I've seen last night when they had to start rotating Cole Snyder out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Mitchell, anytime Buffalo went at him, uh, yeah. he's just smothering receivers. Why would they go with, at him? <laughs> I don't know. Ends up with three PBUs. And I think to me, like, he's a guy who's on the freaks list. He's great size. Going to yeah. run in the four threes. But to me, like, the most impressive thing is how like comfortable and confident he is with his route recognition playing off coverage and his, his clicking close is phenomenal um but yeah in this game against buffalo it just felt like he was reading every route yeah it was just so easy for him yeah made made money so that was that was nice for us at least no totally i put him in one of his teammates a small school guy i thought i thought mitchell was a little too too uh lofty so i went with another guy like but we'll get there at the end of the show rob please stay tuned uh, my defense for the week, I kind of went with the obvious pick, and that was uh, Jeremiah Trotter's dominance over the uh, Fighting Irish, who was just all over the damn field. 11 tackles, two sacks, and had that pick six where he kind of just read Hartman's eyes beautifully undercut the route. It was was easy work for him. Um, linebacker group is wide open. Obviously, Trotter started at the top, like or near the top of it um, in the summer. I feel like he's had a pretty solid season overall. Um, still, has, still has a good chance to be the first one taken, and this was the type of performance that gets it done. I mean, just just a monster performance against this uh, this Irish team. Yeah, I, I had him. He was one of my top guys for shooting up the board. Joining him in that category, uh, I put Phil Moff at the Clemson running yeah. back to step up with Will Shipley out. Totally agree. And they freaking fed him thirty six carries, a buck eighty six, <laughs> two scores against Notre Dame, like. Kind of that one cut style guy, uh, but showed some pretty damn good burst. Yeah, big physical contact, and he's a guy who's just been overshadowed because Shipley's been Shipley was a big blue chip. Yeah, Shipley's, Shipley's overshadowed. Been amazing at Clemson, and <laughs> yeah. uh, but Moffa's like seems honestly maybe just as talented as a runner. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. I've like I've always liked when you you know they mix him off and he looked good. But yeah, I didn't really anticipate like the burst that he was showing in the game. Uh, like you said, like that's a that's a good Notre Dame defense too. Like, I thought a couple of those guys played well in the game, and obviously the the secondary is, is loaded too. Um, yeah, Moffo's just 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 heavy duty. I wonder if like Shipley comes out and he he hangs around another year. Um, if not, yeah, I think he's an interesting name in this class. I, 
you know, well, well built back too. I like Moffa a lot. Um, I'm going to start at the top here with uh, Adonai Mitchell, the Texas receiver, who who had a good good game against uh, K State. Eight catches, 149 yards, a touchdown. Where he kind of just uh, you know just threw a little shake in the route and then <laughs> stacked the DB and like a, a little subtle push at the top of the route, but like a good vet push, you know. And then uh, nice tracking, easy kind of touchdown. Also had that like awesome just a uh, deep like fingertip grab where he's like just kind of sliding down on a knee, get a little bit of a dive, and just reeled it in. Beautiful from, like, the you know the end zone angle. It was a hell of a play. Uh, Mitchell just continues to be just to be a stud this year. And it's George Pickensy. He is very George Pickensy, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and just, like, the tackle class, it's like this receiver group is loaded, too. It, it feels like that's definitely the str- two strengths of this, this cl- draft. Um. I also put Xavier Worthy. I know he his hands are a little questionable, but yeah. man, when the ball is in his hands, yeah. Xavier Worthy is so dynamic. Five catch, 48 yards, not super spectacular, but it was the big punt return, mm-hmm. back-to-back weeks now. Um, him and A.D. Mitchell, I think, are like, – I think A.D. Mitchell, and I said this to you during the mock draft episode, I think A.D. Mitchell's more talented. I think he's got a better chance of going in the first round than Worthy. But I think when it's all said and done, both are probably going to be top 60 picks. Yeah, I, I think, like, it depends. You know, it depends which team is looking. I think Mitchell's a better player than Worthy. I agree with you. Uh, it just depends. Like, if it's a team that's looking for someone that can just, you know, take the top off the defense and... Mitchell can do that, too. Though. Mitchell can do that. I'm not I'm not criticizing, but Worthy where's where's at a different speed. Come on. Mitchell's, Mitchell's a better player, though. I agree with you. Um... But the hands, was, man. The, the, where are these hands? <laughs> like, it's like even the screens, it's like he's bobbling them four times. Like that one where he like he was already like four yards down the field before he caught the ball and he caught it. He had it behind the line of scrimmage. It was, kill, it was, it was hilarious. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, for sex straight week, Trivion Henderson just dumb. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, it's still a very wide open running back class. But to me, when Trivion Henderson is healthy, it's hard not to say he's a top three running back in this class. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't like he's the one I feel the safest about like putting in the top three. Like very much so. He against Rutgers, Buck twenty eight, eighty uh receiving yards, and like this isn't your your dad or your older brother, your your second cousin twice. James Gandolfini's Rutgers, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. No 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 Buck, Ohio State offense where Oh sorry. It, it's, yeah. it's not it shouldn't it's not been this easy for Ohio yeah. State and they can only run the ball when Henderson's in there and he's coming out he's three straight 100 yard games against Notre Dame Wisconsin Rutgers obviously he's missed three games in between mm-hmm. that Notre Dame Wisconsin game um, but he also super talented pass catcher it's the contact balance and like the he's not like a super twitchy He's somewhere between, like, J.K. Dobbins and Dalvin Cook to me. He's, like, a bit of a bowling ball. Yeah. But his change of direction skills are really good for a a bit of a stockier back. And he's just so – he has such a good good open field vision. It's not very often, too. I I don't remember the last time Ohio State only had one back. Nothing against Chip Trainum. And obviously, my limbs is there, but he's he's hurt and done for the rest of the year. And – like yeah, it's it's you're right. It's not not your uh, older brothers or last year's Buckeyes team. I mean, like Anderson's been hurt for yeah half his career at Ohio State. Yeah, and it just goes to show like this running back class is super questionable when potentially the top guy is like 
you're still uncertain about his health even. Yeah, I I wasn't going to go here next, but to flip it around, I thought the running back on the other side of the field was uh, pretty damn good too. Kyle Mononga, who's had a really good year. Um, you know, a buck 59 on the ground there. Just I thought like a dude just, just – another guy that's built, I thought it's bigger than he's listed too, just runs his ass off, good vision. Like is in that mold of like a solid like day three back that can come in and – you know, carve out an RB2 kind of role, too. Um, I had a, had a couple of really good runs. I had that, the sick fake one, too. Um, and just to stick Rutgers football, I thought I thought uh, Motoray, their, their edge rusher, was was a pretty good game, too. Had the sack in the first half, a bunch of tackles. Um, it's a good Rutgers team. If, like I said to you before, like on Saturday, if this was an SEC team, they're ranked flat out, probably 20th. Um, good squad. I just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talents, and we gotta we got to give, give the nod of the cap. Um, I put um, Hamaturi for out of nowhere prospect, and I put um, Kyle Manonga and the Rutgers O-line against mm-hmm. Ohio State's front seven for prospect versus prospect. Save it. We'll get there. We can get there. All right. Um, also, shooting up the board, I had, speaking of Ohio State, I thought Josh Proctor showed some good, like one of the few guys on the Ohio State defense who looked good in run support and just looked really good coming downhill in his run fits as a uh, two-deep safety. It's a good one. I'm going to go – this is more like we, we didn't do a, re- a recap show last week, so I'm going to go like a two-weeker with um, I think one, one, the, probably the biggest rising linebacker, uh, Texas A&M's Edrin Cooper, who I thought looked fantastic two weeks ago. Solid game this week against Ole Miss, uh, half a sack at TFL. Uh, no, just a, like a – speaking of run defense, a really, really good run defending linebacker. Uh, just powerful coming down you know towards the line of scrimmage. Had a really great play sniffing out a screen and being like three blocks two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I, I still like it. Like I mentioned with uh, when we're talking about Trotter, wide open linebacker class, like a, a lot like the running back class, I guess. Um, and Cooper looks like he's going to be one of those guys that like seems early. I haven't, I haven't dug in too much, but early seems like one of those like guys that can. I'm first of all a big time riser, but that can uh, carve out a career as just a rock solid run defending linebacker that the NFL needs right now. Um, my final one is Georgia receiver Lab McConkey. Your guy. That's your guy. S- seven for 95 yeah. against Missouri. Showed some big, big time ball skills. A guy who can fly too. A guy who's starting to get like top four. Yeah. Does. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, McConkey's obviously been there for so long and has been super productive. Uh, he's always, I don't know if I've ever seen him in that light, but yeah, it's coming now. Like you, like you alluded to, um, I don't know where I am, but he's he's been very consistent for the Bulldogs. Um, give you a last one. Every like, again, I mentioned that the um, you know Notre Dame defense got a lot of ball players. I, I every time I watch Notre Dame, I always come away really since Ohio State game really enjoying Javante Jean Baptiste. Another productive game for him against Clemson. There's a lot of dudes in that Notre Dame front. <clears throat> I like him. He's fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be you know fun to dig into this Notre Dame defense as we get into you know real real tape season. Uh, going to sliding down the board now. I'll start, go ahead. Yeah, please. I'll start with two Buckeyes. Um, Ohio State receiver Julian Fleming, who is a guy that we thought um, could quietly rise, and he's just been such a non-factor for them this mm-hmm. year. Even when Emeka Ibuka was out and Trivion Henderson was out, it was just Marvin Harrison carrying that team. And, like, Fleming uh, against Rutgers his, had just one drop and blanked the rest of the game 
has 19 for 190 on the season. He's just been such a nothing guy. I think yeah. he'll go back. But he was a guy who, like, I, I was thinking could potentially be a fourth-round pick. Um, and then I'll put Ohio State guard Donovan Jackson, a guy who has all the talent to be a top three interior offensive lineman in this class, and he's just not really been there this year. I was going to mention Jackson. It feels like... Like yeah, like you said, like we we were kind of all picking him as a big riser and you know a potential uh, top fifty or earlier dude, and yeah, just I don't know, just clearly there's just not the same Buckeyes offense, and I think that kind of goes to Fleming too. Like I don't want to shift all blame off of him or anything, but just I don't know with with the ineffectiveness of that passing attack outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., it just feels like I don't know, it's it's kind of the whole thing not going great, so. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have too many guys. I put Jackson. I didn't have too many other guys sliding down. Who? Who? I want to. Let's just. Who else you got? Uh, Howard Cross at Notre Dame, the interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Clemson offensive line looked really quite good in this game, and Phil Moffa again ran he, all over them. How Howard Cross's size just really sticks out as yeah. a, as an issue. I know he's 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 been a, a riser this year with that pass rush ability, but. He he's like sub two. I think he's listed like two seventy five. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So like, I think this is just a game where it's just like, as fun as he is, like that's how how can you get past that? Made tackles, but it felt like you know more dragging downfield and stuff like. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I was gonna bring him up, but then I'm like, I've talked to many pro Notre Dame guys, so felt a little weird. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like it felt like he was getting pushed around a little bit more and. That's what you're going to get for a guy that's under 280. Totally. Um, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm Mason Smith at LSU. The interior D-line class has just been a big yeah. disappointment this year, and he, he's kind of chief among it. Five Former five-star, really good tape as a freshman. Missed sophomore season and just doesn't quite look like the same explosive guy. Alabama's offensive line has been questionable this year. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, their interior really took it. And, and by the way, Makai Wingo being out. Yeah, other LSU interior defensive lineman who's better than Mason. Smith. It's been way better, yeah. Um, and like they needed Mason Smith to step up, and he he, he like couldn't. He's been such uh, a nothing this year. Like, yeah, definitely really disappointing. Um, yeah, for real though, that that Bama interior has not been strong, and they kind of they kind of did work. They they really could not ever stop Alabama at any point in this game. Um. Then oh Brian Brian Thomas just like I thought the Alabama corners did a really good job on him. Yeah, that was my prospect prospect matchup. That that's that's the other good one. Yeah, yeah, that's the highlight to me. So I was gonna I was gonna talk about him later, but yeah, kind of an underwhelming performance for sure. I thought the Alabama corners had a great day. Me too. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna. I mean, we we can go there now. I totally agree. I Arnold obviously had that the pick off the Turner bat and made a couple good plays on the ball. That felt like you know he kind of started to get buzz and that was like his like. You know, big time game. Kool Aid. I feel like he just didn't hear his name in in a positive yeah. way. Just wiped yeah. out. And yeah, I thought that was kind of like at the expense of Brian Thomas, who had thirty six yards, a couple grabs. Really, really wasn't much going on. But that said, Malik Neighbors was still great. But a lot of his work was coming in the slot, and it was kind of at the expense yeah. of Malachi Moore, just punishing him. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I he's moving down the board for me too. But I didn't, you know, you know, I was going to get there later. Yeah, Neighbors was awesome. One hundred seventy one yards, touchdown. Uh, it was just all against Malachi Moore. It kind of felt like, which I mean, to LSU's credit, they know what Bama's got on the outside. Let's let's you know let neighbors kind of exploit the, the slot there. It was well done. Um, just just obviously with Daniels going out late, it just the defense just couldn't get a stop, and it was you know not enough. 
Jumping out of nowhere, I mentioned I had uh, Muhammad Ture here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also had Jukai Douglas, who Florida State's top two receivers, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, were out. And Jukai Douglas, this senior little jitterbug receiver, stepped up for 115 yards against Pitt, just kept making plays downfield. And I'm like, who is this guy? This guy must be like a freshman. Like, I, I don't, I don't, he's wearing number zero. Like, this guy seems really quite good. And, I, and then I, he's like a, um, I think he's a redshirt junior. He, in his career, uh, had like, um, like 500 yards coming into this game over the last four seasons. Had only 36 yards on the season prior to this game and then just kind of went off against Pitt. It's a good one. Yeah. I like I think definitely a lot of the struggles were like due to them not having their top top two dogs. That's a good pick. Um I'm going I'm going back to Buckeyes and it's really just from one play. Um G Scott Jr. that is stepping up for the Buckeyes. Um having that awesome touchdown catch. Obviously former four star wide receiver made the transition to tight end. Six three is up to two forty. Um, had a had a nice game. Just an interesting guy. Obviously, like he's been he's been in he's been in uh, Columbus for a, a while, but I think still has eligibility. Um, yeah, I think this was the most he's played in his career uh, because of the injuries and stuff. So kind of like interesting. Obviously, the dude's got talent. Um, see if that's a guy that could be you know one of those maybe gets into a smaller bowl game or makes some uh, makes some noise down the stretch or goes back. I think it's just an interesting dude. Um, yeah, he's he's been a guy who, like, there's been buzz for a while, and he just, like, yeah. never really put it all together because, like you said, former big recruit receiver has all the athleticism in the world. Kid Stover's out in this game. Bingo. Yeah. Um, prospect, made me look stupid. How about Dylan Johnson? Like, I know it was a lot of the offensive line dominating and the USC defense sucking, but the guy ran for 256 and four scores. I kind of didn't expect too, too much out of him when he transferred from Mississippi State to Washington. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he did his job in this one. I, th- I like Johnson a lot, honestly. Now, like, I think he's been a lot of fun to watch this year. And yeah, he's been just so productive. And Washington having that ability to lean on that too, with you know their receivers and Penix, like that's that's pretty. They're they're winning the Andy. You said it. You said it, Rob. Um, <laughs> prospect who made me look stupid. How about Drake Stoops going out <laughs> for the Sooners and playing a hell of a ball, uh, hell of a ball game? Uh, not quite enough, but damn! Every time they needed a play, it was going Stoops or, or Farouk's way. <laughs> yeah, love, love Far- the Stoops. Farouk's a legit prospect, I think. But man, I don't know. Stoops is what in his sixth year at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Always, I thought he's just you know there for his last name. But this was a good game. This was a really, really good game. It showed a little bit more than I ever expected. So. I think uh, he's their second leading receiver behind Farouk this year. He's the leader in receptions. Drake Stoops is going to be making plays in the preseason. You guarantee it. Lock it in. And then he'll be coaching uh, probably Kentucky's receivers in a few years. Yeah, and then probably a head coach of like a, whatever the new XFL-USFL merger is going to be. Uh, we've already hit both my prospect versus prospects. The Rutgers O-line slash running back against Ohio State front seven, the LSU receivers against <laughs> Alabama corners. Yeah, me too. Me too. We can move on. Uh, I'll play the box score. I have a good one. Box score-wise, nice game for Cameron Kinchins, the Miami safety, two tackles and a pick against NC State. They lost 20-6. to This man should have had, like, four picks. Like, he was just making – he was everywhere in coverage. And – he kept putting himself in position to like have almost interceptions. Um, I just thought like 
He's gonna be really interesting. Is he's he's such a ball hawk and yeah. such a baller, like the type of safety we love. I don't <laughs> think he's like the most supreme athlete, and he's a bit of a gambler. Yeah, but man, he is so fun. I I think we're both gonna be too high on him. Probably, he seems very polarizing already. It's like some people, you know, think think he's safety one or two at the worst, and others that more like a fringe. I don't know if it's a fringe top one hundred, but like you know, more into the back half of the top one hundred. Um, yeah, Kinchin's a hell of a lot of fun. But like you said, like that that the Georgia Tech game, the, the game winning touchdown sticks in my mind. We're like, yeah, he gambled hard and it didn't work. But when he's on the game, when he's on the when he's on his game, he's it's just so much fucking fun to watch. Um, mine's mine's a easy pick in here. I'm going with uh, one of my favorite prospects, uh, Kansas State guard Cooper Beebe, who mm. Kansas State opposite the run game wasn't going too much. That they threw the ball around quite a bit with Howard and company, but I thought like just just focusing on BB. They gave up a couple sacks on the on the outside, but uh, the interior the the Texas defensive line, who is you know extremely talented between Sweat and the rest of them. Uh, they didn't take over this game like they could have. I thought BB did a hard job. Byron Murphy had a pretty Murphy, good game. Murphy had a good game. Sweat, I, I think Murphy beat him, like well, half beat him. Howard kind of stepped up and out like one time. But I thought in in a vacuum, I thought BB really played well. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. He's um, he's a guy who's going to go to the Senior Bowl. Uh, if there's not too many juniors invited, and uh, probably just become everybody's favorite interior offense lineman. Agree. He just feels like that dude that's like, not that people aren't saying he's good, but that's like he's gonna go there and like, okay, this is a top fifty lock type of pick that you plug and play. It looked really good, like pulling and moving. I thought this week too, a lot of key blocks when they uh, when they had something going in the wrong game. Yeah, BB's just I love BB. Um. <clears throat> Prospect being overhyped, I go back to Miami where Tyler Van Dyke has just been a roller coaster <laughs> of all roller coasters this year. Yeah. I've heard him be said as a potential QB3. I've watched him play and thought, can we draft this guy? Anyway, he seems to have gone back to the guy we saw last year, just interception after interception against NC State through three on the day. Like, I kind of like, I kind of think he needs to transfer after the season. He has NFL it's talent. Interesting. Yeah, he definitely does. Like, yeah, and like you'll see it in stretches. He's just so inconsistent, and like I just feel like there's some stink around Miami. He's got to get out of town. I feel like he should. Plus, have did all that. the ACC quarterbacks transferred last off season anyway. Yeah, I feel like he should have did it last off season. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm going quarterback. I'm going Cooper. Uh, Cooper. He should change his name to Cooper. Carson back. I I I don't know. I haven't dug in and watched all the tape, but watching Georgia live. Is he an NFL prospect? Absolutely, but I, the top fifty kind of talk I think is uh, is gaudy. Obviously, he has the talent, but I don't know, Rob. How many impressive throws are you seeing on on a Georgia game? You know, week in week out. I think it's kind of a you know. I think he's getting the bump that like I kind of expected for Kyle McCord to get in the, in the offseason. You know, Very, kind of similar dudes, honestly. Um, you know, talented, but not making too many mistakes. But I don't know. Top fifty not seems. Me insane to me right now i got i haven't sat down and watched it me neither but I've, I've thrown on a lot of bulldogs games this year but um stetson bennett went in the fourth round so he did yeah beck goes fourth round i'm okay with that but yeah well but if stetson can go fourth round carson beck can go on day two <laughs> well i 
I wonder what's going on with Stetson. That's what I want to know. Why do you bring this up every show? Because I'm. It's the biggest story in sports that's not being talked about, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's a good deflection of the Connor Stallions thing. Um, Who transfer popped? Uh, transfer popped on the scene. Um, how about Ole Miss receiver Trey yeah, Harris? Absolutely, absolutely. Lock it down, dude. Why is Trey Harris not getting more love? I, I've used it's it. Weird. Trace is. We've talked about him a couple times. Yeah. But like we and we talked about him over the summer because I think we both liked him transfer from Louisiana Tech. He has like weirdly impressive yak ability for a six two receiver. Yeah. But every week it feels like he's making insane catches too, and he's not like it's not like it's like this week it was against Tamu two thirteen and a touchdown. Yeah. But like he dominated LSU. He dominated Auburn. Like he's been awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I thought maybe I'm just not plugged in enough to the, to, you know, to the X, to, you know, draft X, whatever they call it now. Um, but yeah, like, just, I'm not seeing the love and it feels like, like, look, Ole Miss produces receiver after receiver, you know, the, the Mingle hype took a while to come last year and he feels like he's another type of that dude. Like, Harris has been unreal. That catch was just crazy. I think OBJ-esque, getting past interfered with. Uh, if that's how you phrase it, uh, one-handed, uh, you know, turning his body. Unreal. Um, I, Harris has been awesome. And I, I don't – I don't. I, like, I think it's going to come. I think that's the one that's going to come. And people are going to be like, where did this happen? Where did this come from? But should have been coming all year because he's been awesome this year. He's He's been one of the best transfers in the country, point blank. Yeah, no, he's been incredible. And, it, yeah, it is weird because Ole Miss is a top, top 10 team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's the best player on the offense, or the biggest playmaker at least. Yeah. Um, small school guy who caught your eye. I'll go with a pair of Toledo running backs who, when they weren't fumbling, looked really good against Buffalo. Penny Boone had 138 yards and a score uh, on 13 touches. Jaquez Stewart had 16 touches for 61 and a score, but it also returned the opening kickoff 97 yards for a touchdown. They're just a really fun thunder and lightning duo. Yeah. They fumbled a lot, but they're, <laughs> they're racking up yards. And then another Mac running back, uh, Akron's Lorenzo Lingard, who in the huge comeback against Kent State had a buck six oh six on the ground, 49 through the air. Former uh, blue chip recruit who – I was at like Florida, Miami, might have been at Clemson. Finally finds a home in Akron. As as all the greats do. Um, I'm going Toledo. You went offense. I was going to go defense. We talked Quinny Mitchell already. But every time I watch Toledo, I love Dallas Gant. Dallas Gant is just a tackling machine. Like 13 yeah. last week. Uh, playing right now, he probably has 20 already. Uh, a couple, like I think half a sack, making plays in the backfield, making a play on the ball in the air. I just against just feels like one of those like really just sturdy Mac linebackers, but like it's, like I don't know. I like Can. He just he just makes a lot of fucking plays, and that's a guy that you know it seems like um, can get that small bowl game bump, and uh, yeah, make you know maybe carve out a special teams kind of career. That's it for me. Probably more. Uh... Just so you know, Toledo's up 35 nothing on Eastern Michigan right now. So probably lots of more Toledo talk next week.